0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with Vic Mattis in this post-election day episode.
1: Hello, Mary Catherine. How are you, and how is our new
0: guest? Oh, my gosh, we do have a guest star today. Le Bebe is here in the studio. Uh, we'll see how she behaves, and if you it's get a exciting. short episode today, you will know why, because she freaked out on me.
1: Oh, well, as I was saying to you earlier, little coups. Will boost the ratings.
0: Yeah, we'll see. People
1: love that. Shoot. Anything more perform than that, perform
0: well, child.
1: Anything more than that, <laughs> you'll have to hit pause. And if they don't hear anything, they won't believe us. Yes, so something true. in the middle would be very. All nice.
0: right. Well, did you hear that, sweetie? Uh, so hopefully she will. She will cooperate. Uh, I did my first three kid drop off at school today. So that you, was you didn't drop all three kids. No, off. but it was the first time I okay took all three kids to a thing together it was different it was different
1: can, can you fit the, the 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 car seats three uh two and yes. one or how because
0: my well my other two are in boosters now so it's not as complicated as okay. it used to be they're okay. just the they're just Those, the, the little platforms. Mm-hmm. yes oh that's true so we spaced them enough that i don't have to worry about all the car seats that but they're in a row that does get tricky yes oh, they're in a insane. row and what i like is that the two girls are old enough to entertain the baby so oh, remember good. in the old days, I actually thought this this is my evolutionary advantage. I have I have very long arms. They're longer than yes. you're supposed to when you put your arms out, your wingspan is supposed to be the same height as you are. Supp- minus yes. three inches longer. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think either I was <laughs> meant to be five nine and something bad happened. You could, or you could
1: have been a great basketball player.
0: Then I had kids and I realized this is why I was made this way, because I could reach to the back and find a pacifier. <laughs>
1: At them. any
0: time <laughs> when,
1: when the kids are small and or discipline facing, them whatever
0: yes. needs to be done
1: well like your kid for example would be your your baby is facing backwards still yes and exactly. the other girls are facing forward now.
0: and i i have to say even on the third one i'm still pulling out my camera because i haven't installed the mirror yet there's a mirror you can put back there so yes you can see the baby. I, remember I haven't that. installed that but I, did, I can put my camera flipped and stick it back there and <laughs> make sure she's good to go <laughs> So I did that's, that. That's
1: amazing. And dangerous.
0: And <laughs> that's dangerous. good. It's just out of stoplight, okay. everybody. Yeah. But I dropped uh, the other two off at school today with her. And I will say I only blew up at one third of the children. Just <laughs> one of three. <laughs> so I feel like that's a pretty good ratio for getting out the door with the baby but and the general, children.
1: General misbehavior.
0: it's <laughs> like classic kid stuff. And yeah. I shouldn't get upset about it. My, my oldest misplaced her sweater. Mm-hmm. And it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. And there's a specific sweater that she has to wear. But we can't find the sweater, so I got a little ticked off about that. They
1: pay a price for their inability to remember things; they mm-hmm. really do. And, and parents will—I remember thinking about this with you know my mother, for example, being like, you know, I'm unreasonably mean because I forgot something, and now you know why.
0: No, and well, and it's—I'm ter- such a hypocrite because I forget everything. I lose yeah. stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and they have to help mm-hmm. me find stuff. That's so right. why am I like, oh, you can't <laughs> keep track of your sweater? Like I don't keep track of a sweater. So uh, we made it though. Good. made it. Wonderful. There, were, there weren't a lot of tears. Everybody came out. Okay. So I Very did nice. it. That's, that's nice. my first time with three. And all the people with four and five, feel free to scoff at me. Well, they're me. driving a
1: bus. When you get yeah. to that point, you have to drive a
0: bus. <laughs> it's harder. Yeah. It's harder. Funny. What about you, Vic? What's going on?
1: Uh, well, I'm doing fine. I feel like I am living, at the last few days, my healthiest life. Really? Why do I say that? Because, as some people might know, I don't like to waste food. Uh, it's one of my obsessive compulsions. I hate throwing away food. Uh, well, after the um, Halloween block party that we had in mm-hmm. our neighborhood and my wife...
0: With your cauldron of stew. Yeah, with my
1: cauldron of stew, which I kept for myself. And by the way, yesterday was day six of the Irish Guinness stew. I'm done. It's no more. <laughs> it's gone. I was beginning to speak with a brogue. It was like ridiculous. But, the, uh, uh, but one of the things they left on the table... Uh, that was untouched at the block party at the neighborhood party was a like a giant crudite, you know, and so they gave it to Kate to bring home. It hadn't that even been opened.
0: Never gets touched, by the way.
1: No, and, and and also why do we buy it in a crudite, especially the pre-cut one? Because this looked yeah. like it was pre-cut. And the pre-cut crudite, the last thing that goes is what? What do? You, what would you say? The cauliflower. Yes, <laughs> that question. Who Wants it cold, no less. <laughs> I think the only cauliflower I might have is like cream of cauliflower, yeah, or something very unhealthy at a
0: steakhouse. Your fake low carb, yeah, mashed potato better. cauliflower. Yeah. So, uh,
1: there, luckily, there were no there was no cauliflower here, but it was a giant container, and I've every day, I've been bringing in carrots, tomatoes, yellow peppers, uh, and cucumbers. It's Look at this ridiculous. Yes, I'm. You're a new I'm man. Just, uh, a wide, yeah. I feel. I feel. I feel like. It's like I had those little vitamins on Fox, the commercial, where they concentrate all the vegetables and fruits into a little there pill. You go. I'm actually living it.
0: <laughs> I, on the other hand, because it was election night, indulged in election night vices, such as having a beer or two and eating terribly, because that's what Good you do you. on election night. Although, like a beer and a half in, I'm such a lightweight now. I was like, well, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> I had a little headache going at about 11 o'clock at night.
1: I wanted to do that very thing, and I didn't. You know what I was waiting for? In my mind, I pictured a decisive moment Mm -hmm. uh, on election night where at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, I'll even give it 9, the networks announce the winner. And then after that, maybe I break out a cigar outside, and then maybe I have some scotch or something great like this. It did not turn out that way. We didn't
0: way. have that moment. That that moment happened on Twitter, yeah, where yeah. Dave Wasserman, yes, at right. Redistrict on uh, on Twitter, who's a, is with the Cook Political Report, well-known prognosticator, yes. who knows the numbers very well, and he declared it early. He does the, his
1: line, I've seen I've enough. I've seen
0: enough for Virginia early, and and the he results right. were in. He was correct that Youngkin had won. Uh, the networks waited a long time, partly because they want they want to be right. They want to be sure they're right, because they've gotten burned in the past for being wrong. They also want you to keep watching TV.
1: Yes. Other people have said that. That yeah. I, I find that very upsetting. I'm staring at the number 95% reporting forever. Right. And you're just looking at that number. When is it going to move? It's like watching, you know, a raindrop on the windshield. Like, when is it going to drop? And then I, my son stayed up till about 1130, but he had school the next day. So I said, just, you know, we'll let you know. But he felt pretty confident yeah. that it was going to be Yunkin'. And at 1230, I think I saw Rick Klein tweet out Yes, ABC News.
0: I think I, I woke up on the couch after my beer and a half um, with, the baby, with the baby on me at about one o'clock to Van Jones announcing on CNN that Democrats were being annoying. I and liked, that was I why they had the, lost. It was really honest uh, analysis. Yes. Actually, let's play the clip from Van Jones. Uh, these numbers are bad. This is not some... These are these are our
1: voters. These are voters that came to us in 2018, came to us in 2020, and have abandoned us in droves in two states that should be in our column. That's a big deal. That's a that that is that is a five alarm fire.
0: Van Jones earlier in the night had said, you know, that that Youngkin is the Delta variant of Trumpism I don't know or something. What that means, and then. But later in the night, he reverted to the the Van Jones that I have worked with in the past, which, despite his ideology being very, very different from mine, yes. we often have similar analysis. And I think for somebody who is of the left... He does take punches, he throws punches he, at his own side yeah. when it is necessary. And I thought this message was actually pretty pertinent. The more you are right. sort of talking down to people, the less they're willing to listen.
1: So uh, the last episode uh, we had was our prognosticating with uh, 20, well, like 24 yeah. hours before. I mean,
0: clearly the top line is that I'm a political genius.
1: Yes. Okay. So we kind of assumed, we kind of assumed <laughs> Youngkin was going to, we, we, the way we spoke about it. Yes. But the bigger story, Mary Kath, mm-hmm was the New Jersey election, and I had totally just brushed off the idea that Cittarelli would even come close, and that it would just be another win for Murphy. And right. technically it was, but on the other hand...
0: I predicted a Cittarelli win, even though I did not even know the candidate's name. Uh, just, just yes. to, just to go for it. Some and Italian it turns guy. Out, it was some Italian. It's turns, Jersey. It's Jersey. Turns out I was pretty. I was closer to right than almost anybody else. So, important to recognize my clairvoyance. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank uh,
1: you. So, uh, election
0: thoughts. Oh, thoughts. I have thoughts. Virginia. Um, so, yeah, Virginia. Overall, Glenn Youngkin won the Republican candidate. I think there's a couple things. There's a shift for the state of Virginia. Which the question was, are we going to be sort of, eh, not quite East Coast California, but if, are we going to be very, very blue, right? Or is it too much to overcome? And all of the momentum suggested to me that Yunkin had this shot. I think I ended up predicting something like 3.5 or 4 points, and it ended up being three, two and a half, three, A
1: little under 3.
0: A little under 3. So there's a shift for the state of Virginia. The bigger and... I think more interesting shift for Democrats to look at is the shift among women voters, which is like double digits yeah. teens for women overall. I think 37 point swing for non-college educated women. Ooh, yeah. my goodness, That's big. my goodness. And yeah. the whole thing suggests that uh, many results in the country, but Virginia, which we're talking about now suggests that this was sort of a turn the page election. People, Wanted a different option, and they took it. And the Democrats perhaps uh, didn't, as as people have said, don't, they don't own the suburbs, which had switched recently. It's more of an Airbnb situation. Mm. They had uh, they had hung out there for a <laughs> while, and they're moving back to Republicans in some in some races when their needs are served better by this argument than mm. this guy's Trump, which is, was Terry McAuliffe's argument that people just didn't buy.
1: That's right. I mean, th- I think what surprised me was how many people in the state of Virginia actually, you know, still want white supremacy. And that's how they ended up voting for young yeah. and Winston Sears. The <laughs>
0: fleece vest of white supremacy. Yes, that's,
1: that's, that's right. Oh. Um, also, what's quite amazing is the Lincoln Project and the, the role they played. Now, we talked about the Tiki stunt we did. Uh, on the last show. And uh, The Intercept ended up getting uh, emails and whatnot uh, explaining how they consciously were aware that this was a statement they were going to make uh, against Glenn Youngkin. They were not trying to be in disguise in that and in case anyone asks them uh, that they would say we're with the Lincoln Project or this is a statement about the people who support Glenn Youngkin. But then other people, I think like Reuters, <laughs> disputed that.
0: Well, so the interesting thing is the, the emails show that they planned this thing. Now the person leaking the emails also tweeted about this and has a need to CYA. So... Just read the motives, how That's you will. Right. Um, but it seems like the Lincoln Project did plan this thing in some way, assumed that people would know it was a stunt, and told them to tell reporters that it was a stunt. But no reporters asked where they were from. Yeah. Uh, and so there was a a lot of people took it at face value. Glenn Young reportedly sent a thank you gift basket over <laughs> to Lincoln Project for this stunt, which it did it did throw Terry McAuliffe so off. Any closing argument Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that it mm -hmm. was an interesting part of this. Two
1: two questions for you: Uh, Do you think they ate the gift basket at that point? (laughs) Do you think they were so depressed, like, oh bleep it, I'm just going to eat it anyway? You know. I mean, I would. And also, because he's a former head of uh, the Carlisle Group and a billionaire, I assume. I hope it was a nice. Oh yeah, like yeah, no, like no, none of the cheap. Uh, cheap, dried yes. breadsticks. D- mm. don't, and don't give me fruit. I'm sorry. I don't want a fruit basket. I don't want... I can get a fruit at the store. I need I'm, I need summer I, sausage. I was, <laughs>
0: how
1: did you, you took the word right out of my mouth, <laughs> quite so to speak. I'd say summer sausage. Uh, you know, if it's like a Zabar's basket, then yep. you get like uh, smoked salmon. Give
0: me some smoked salmon. A and, southern and, season. Oh, I need yeah. something a those canned, Something yeah. canned. Something
1: canned. So that's what I hope for them, at the very least.
0: Just yeah, some nod.
1: Uh, oh, ta- yeah. that's good. But well, who is giving? But uh, the question is, after all this, are st- are people still going to be giving the Lincoln Project money?
0: Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Thank you.
1: That was depressing.
0: They can buy really nice gift baskets at this point. Yeah. Those yeah, guys.
1: Yeah, yes, that's right. it's generational. Woo! So, my um, goodness. My, my other thought about Virginia was, and I, and I, I honestly thought this, which was, with the momentum on Glenn Youngkin's side versus the number of just Democrats who plan out live here, right. particularly in Northern Virginia, and if they just—if you assume they voted—it was going to be close. But I thought if Glenn Youngkin and the Republicans could not pull it out in this election, then they never will. Yes. With 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 the education issue and everything else, if they can't do it now, then then you might as well live in San Francisco.
0: That you know? that was essentially how I felt as well. Mm-hmm. The, the the tides looked as if you know if there wasn't some comeuppance for what the state had been through in the past eighteen months, uh, then they were likely not to be able to pull That's this right. off again. Um, instead, Yunkin wins wins, and on his coattails, uh, Republicans end Democratic control of the Virginia House of Delegates as well. Uh, By two, I think. Yes, yeah. it was a it was an it was an interesting night. Now here is the other part which you alluded to, which is the. The opposition's response to this loss, which is to say that because part of this was critical race theory, which is something you hear about in the media a lot and the parents revolt against it, that all of this was coded messaging that was race baiting and that that is what people responded to.
1: That's right. Like Willie Horton.
0: Now, I think that if you see it that way and if you you persist in seeing it that way, and this is not just me concern trolling for Democrats, that you will lose elections because that is not all this is. And that's not all that CRT is an issue on its own is. But there does seem to be a concerted effort to convince themselves that that's all that well, was. that's
1: right. They want to convince themselves they can't possibly be wrong or that they need to readjust their expectations for this. Election. And there are
0: there are outliers who have said, hey, maybe we should approach this differently. Now, right. I want to say that these, the CRT, this is my this is my hobby horse the critical race theory, and the Loudoun County uh, sexual assault stories. There was a lot of heat to those stories, Mm -hmm. a lot of media attention in the very end of this election. That mattered, and there was momentum there. And there is also, granted, a national organizing effort that has has built on these these, fires and, and people being upset. This started much earlier among parents, because in Northern Virginia... Schools were closed for more than a year, physically. Longer than
1: most places in the United States.
0: Longer than most places in the United States. We lost more days of instruction in person mm-hmm. in northern Virginia than either D.C. or New York City, which sent students to school more yeah. often than we That's did.
1: That's right. Including Mondays, were, uh, what we call here in, uh, in where we live, uh, asynchronous days yes so there wasn't even a remote learning there was not any zoom meeting there was just no teaching that they gave you a set of like do some homework for monday and this is a, a but it's a non-remote right. it's not in not only is it not in person it's not even remote no. so you only have four days a week and what happened is like then the kids are done by lunchtime
0: right so it blows my mind that in national coverage and i was watching a lot of tv I don't think I heard anyone mention that in every major metro area of the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, excuse me, yes. I'm never gonna win state office that way. The Commonwealth of Virginia, schools were closed for more than a year. This is historically anomalous. Yeah. It is anomalous on the world stage yeah. where every wealthy country had students mm. in class. As a person who had a kid in in public schools, mm. I was I understood in the spring of 2020 but once we got to fall twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and then spring of the next year, mm-hmm. people were ticked off. We
1: we have we have friends whose mothers, uh, the, the the moms, uh, had to um, stop working. Yes, because they had
0: to take care of the kids. Might that have something to mm-hmm. do with the swing among women voters? Yeah, uh, which is uh, and 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 what
1: is the answer to that? Well, you know, did you really need to stop? Uh, working couldn't you have your au pair or nanny or whoever else take care of the kids while you work at your law firm or wherever it is you do
0: and i've been in these facebook groups and organized groups of of parents many of whom are new to politics and who've never been engaged like this before and they are ticked off that they're being referred to as people who are only mad about this one niche uh curriculum issue it's there's a lot going on here and that the way that parents were treated by public Mm -hmm. servants and Mm -hmm. the people who are supposed to be elected to Mm -hmm represent them uh, is part of this as well because they went to the school boards and said, hey, this is hurting our kids. We really need to figure this mm-hmm. out. School boards were just so much inertia, so much condescension, to the point of even in, in Alexandria City making comments, and they did it all over the country, but, like, you just want your brunch mm-hmm. back or your babysitters. And that is not fair to parents. Mm-mm. And so when Terry McAuliffe said in a debate that parents shouldn't have anything to do with instruction mm-hmm. or telling schools what to, what to teach, that was just gasoline on this that's fire right. that's right so there's more to it than that and speaking up for all these ladies that i know
1: that's right i remember asking uh my daughter you know it was like a library class this is last year the year that they were home for the year. Right. and uh, it was during library class what did they what did they do and it was listening to the librarian read from um kamala harris's nieces book is that the one well, ambition that sounds correct right it's it's it, it, that's, that's what it is. And so for some people, it's amazing. That's great. I want them to learn this. Uh, but other people are like, wait a minute. This yeah. is what's and 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 other people have spoken about it. And it's very true about why now when all of a sudden this reaction now. And it's because a lot of us were not paying attention to what kids were being taught yes. where with or without covid. And this brought it out. Yeah. Well, yes, there was a weird ironic thing about
0: this. I know there was a lot of trust placed mm-hmm. on teachers and in schools especially in places like Northern Virginia that had sort of re- renowned even school systems. And there was a ton of trust there, and that trust was broken. Yeah. And then people started paying a little bit more attention, and they started getting annoyed with what they were finding. Even if even if they're pro whatever is being taught, yeah. a lot of people who I knew who were not conservatives in these groups were like, but what are the priorities here? Because mm-hmm. you're telling me about equity when we have kept all students of all colors and all incomes out of school for a year and hurt a lot of them. So it doesn't seem like your, then, your equity plan mm-hmm, is working mm-hmm, the way that you mm-hmm. imagined it would.
1: And, it, and, it's, and it's middle class, it's lower middle class and minorities who, uh, you know, have it much harder because uh, they may not be working, uh, be able to work remotely. Right. So
0: it was a rough year, is my point. Yeah, that's right. And the, and the public school systems lost tens of thousands of students as a result.
1: That, that's right. That, yeah.
0: I think, yeah. I think our district lost like 12,000 kids.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's Just, a good thing they had Randy Weingarten at the end of the uh, well, McAuliffe campaign thank to you remind for, people. Thank
0: you for reminding me that the cherry on top of all of this is that Terry McAuliffe throws gasoline on, on this fire with his comment, and then as his closer, he has the closer of schools. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> who is, Randy Weingarten is the head of the National, uh, national Teachers Union and was instrumental in cl- keeping schools physically closed and her name ID among the parents who are angry about schools yeah, being closed not <laughs> is very high, and her approval rating is very low. Uh, so they knew exactly what that was. What
1: do you, why do you think he did that? Because he was sort of beholden to them; he owes them for their support. Or is it also just his final, like, finger? I think giving the finger. I think it to? was
0: just. <laughs> I, I think they didn't know how important this issue was and how ticked off for what reasons people were ticked off and then and then it was just well let's get our base out and our base includes union voters so this is the person I, mean, who can help I looked
1: them at out. the crowd at that rally. They didn't look necessarily looked enthused or inspired. I've never I've always read of Randy Weingarten. I read her quotes, but I've never listened to, to her until I saw that clip and had it come out earlier. That would have been very easy for Youngkin to just play right. that. Like, are you, do you really want to be on her side?
0: Yeah, yeah. Kamala level charm. Oh, and, it's, uh,
1: no, worse. I, it's, 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 it, and, and and she was very um, uh, she was very physical and, yes. v- and, and 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 lively, shall we say, in her performance. But I, I just don't see that as galvanizing.
0: Well, it was a Republican sweep in Virginia with uh, Winsome Sears taking the lieutenant governor spot. Uh, she's a an immigrant from Jamaica. A Marine veteran and a, an African-American woman and the highest elected position in the state of Virginia right. ever. And then uh, Jason Miaras, who is a Cuban-American, uh, in the attorney general spot. So quite a night as, for as a all white supremacy. I
1: was going to say, as all the papers made sure to go out of the way to let everybody know that yeah, this, this milestone happened. They
0: didn't discuss no. them as much as, as others.
1: And, and as for New Jersey, again, kudos for your prediction. It would have been amazing. For my
0: well-informed prediction. You were only off
1: by a couple thousand I really
0: was very, very close.
1: There was a moment where I thought, okay, you know, wait till the um, votes come in from North Jersey because that's heavily Democratic. And then when you find out like places like Bergen and Passaic were flipping or almost flipping for Cittarelli, I'm like, oh my goodness. Because my county, Ocean County, is like 110%, you know, uh, uh, for... uh, um, for the Republican. Did I mention that. this? Was that on the last yes. show, the potted plant joke? Yeah, okay. It, it's like, yeah. no matter what, I'm just going to vote for it. And, and Monmouth, too, is very reliably conservative. Cape May County, very reliably uh, conservative. But then you saw these other areas. And then you saw in Salem County or the, um, is it, I think, the third legislative district, which is in the southwest of the state. If you're from New Jersey, by the way, the regions of New Jersey are, you might as well live in Texas. It's that big. It's massive. <laughs> <laughs> and the people from the north and the people from... Alex is confused. The people from the north, people of South, you know, they you know, would cross not even, I'm not going up there. They're not even similar. I'm not going to Morristown. And the people up there and Vernon and I going down, you know. So, you know, we're in our own other words, unless they go to the shore. And then they, that's what they use us See, for.
0: See, I'm, I'm from but, the south. So oh, yeah. the first time I ever went to the northeast, I was shocked at how close everything was together. <laughs> I was like, wait! I can just go to that other state.
1: It takes almost an hour and a half to get from my home in Tom's River to Cape May. That's how long. That's how big the state sure. is. Uh, but then you, the, you saw the reaction to uh, this race mm-hmm. with the the head of the, uh, the, the the state senate. Yes, Sweeney. This is the longtime Democrat head of the machine.
0: I want the, this is like a getting hammered signature story right here. This is a story Fantastic. of inspiration. And by the way, Edward Durr. Yes. Who is the, the Republican. Uh, the, chall- the Republican challenger to the state senate. Uh, was it state senate leader? Yeah. Yeah, state senate pre- president. He won't be the
1: leader, but he just dethroned him.
0: <laughs> right. right. To, uh, he's the challenger to the state senate president. Long time serving. Yeah, Michelin. Um I'm sure at some point he'll get milkshake ducked, which is when... You know, a cute internet character you find out said something terrible in the uh, past. But we're going to leave that for now. Yeah. We're just going to tell the story of this week, okay? That's
1: right. That's right. <laughs> I won't remember that I tweeted it out. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Edward Durr, who is a truck driver in New Jersey, ran an independent campaign against, and I'm when I say independent, I mean like indie movie style. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he gathered you a few bucks. You have to see
1: the ad. You have to see the ad. <laughs> he
0: spent a $153. And how much of it was at Dunkin'?
1: Oh, uh, about 70 bucks. Okay, According seven. to Joe Simonson of the Free Beacon.
0: A uh, large amount of it at Dunkin' Donuts. And then the
1: other half was paper.
0: And he has, he has toppled yeah. the state senate president. If that is not a change election, I don't know what is.
1: It is the most amazing thing I had read. And certainly, as I mentioned on Twitter, if, if, I, if I spent that amount trying to campaign, I would be spending it at diners. <laughs> but, you know, and you can't get anything fancy. You know, so you can get an no. omelet, but don't get the bagel with lox. It's yeah, yeah. like keep $15, it, $20. It's the same.
0: You want to keep it middle class. You no, know? that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, but there's a great quote from Edward Durr who's, who was talking to a conservative commentator who happened to interview him earlier in this process. And I got to admire this. This is not, this is actually interesting. He said, well, I'm a numbers guy and I've looked at the numbers over the years. He said this in August. We have a district that is 150,000 voters. Senator Sweeney has never broken 32,000 votes, and so I felt if he can't even get half the district, that means there's numbers out there to be taken, and you just have to get people to come out and vote. I believe if they came out and vote, we could win. Wow. Ed. Ed is a political genius. I was going
1: to say, how many political consultants helped put him that put that together <laughs> for him?
0: There's there's no campaign website. There's only a Facebook page. He is now in the New Jersey. I, I you Senate.
1: know I it's it's a real. Mr. Durr goes to Trenton moment, and I I hope he has a good staff that will protect him from all the various things that happen, you know, and and various political temptations and such.
0: I do think Mr. Durr and uh, the New Jersey race in general benefited from flying sort of under the radar. Yeah. um, Because in the governor's race, nobody panicked because they assumed they were ahead. Democrats did, and so that was the that was probably what gave him. Polling
1: was terrible. It was not a lot. But Uh, although
0: polling in Virginia pretty much dead on.
1: Oh, yeah. Echelon Insights from yep. our friend.
0: From our friend, Kristen Soltis-Anderson. It's
1: pretty spot on. Yep. Uh, I would say the great shame of New Jersey is that if we paid more attention to that state, if the Republicans, the RGA and whoever else, had shelled out a few more bucks for Cittarelli, yeah, they could have found those other votes yeah. to turn them out. At a diner
0: Chester's. somewhere. At a
1: diner At a diner somewhere. <laughs> um, I would say, I like to say also, if you do look at the ad that Ed Durer ran.
0: Um, yeah, let's play that. <laughs> Hello, my name is Edward Thur. I'm running for New Jersey State Senate. I've lived here all my life. He remained silent as Governor Murphy with his lockdown and mandates forced the closing of over one third of our small businesses across the New Jersey family, thousands of jobs. He has done nothing as seven out of every 10 moves are leaving the state, placing a heavier burden on those of us who remain. The Senate president has spent 20 years in Trenton, higher taxes, increasing debt, and a rising cost of living. We deserve better.
1: What's what's genuinely endearing is how it's not polished at all. And if you see his walk, I'm going to say this, and I could be wrong, but I, that strikes me as sort of, that's, that's, that's like a truck driver's walk. He's a truck driver. Right. A good friend of mine. His, from Jersey his father was a truck driver for 25 years a teamster he, he was a truck driver for A&P a supermarket and you you have all sorts of things that happen when you dro- drive for that many years and you can see the way he walks it's a hard job mm-hmm. it is, it's not as hard as editing I mean, but, you know, it's uh, but it's nor, up there.
0: Nor podcast. Oh, which nor, is a oh real, that's the hardest job. It's of a real slog. slog. Yeah,
1: yeah. But but kudos to him. And I, it's true. But they should have a documentary crew follow him around like Cory Booker in Street Fight in Brick City. It would be something
0: if he has a good staff they ain't getting none of it. <laughs> right. right. That's a good point, too. <laughs> but a, like just a really fascinating story about the insanity that can be American politics. Uh, so Ed Durr going go into the Senate. <laughs> uh and last I did want to finish with a little bit of Winsome Sears's victory speech in Virginia. She uh is I think is going to be a bit of a rising star. Uh she will be the way I that hope so. the way that Virginia governorships work uh is that you can only run you can only be the governor for one term. And so she will be next in line to be That's correct. the governor. Um so her platform will grow. And she is a fascinating story. And here's a little bit about what she had to say, which, by the way, sort of slyly, not directly, speaks to some of the critical race theory stuff and the issues that people have with it. Because her position is, this is America. This is the dream. I want people to know they can achieve this. But I I say to you, there are some who want to divide us and we must not let that happen. They would like us to believe we are back in 1963 when my father came. We can live where we want. We can eat where we want. We own the water fountains. We have had a black president elected not once but twice, and here I am, living proof. Update. The baby is still sleeping. And... In Supreme Court news, a majority of the Supreme Court justices seemed inclined Wednesday to rule that the Constitution provides a right to carry a gun outside the home, but willing to allow restriction, restrictions on guns in crowded public places. This is a, uh, a the testing of a regulation in New York, correct?
1: That is that is right. Uh, there are restrictions in New York uh, that prevent any average person from being able to have concealed carry license. They right. you, ha- you have to be a special case. You have to make the case that you are somehow threatened and that you need to. So, who does this end up being? Celebrities, famous people—they right. get to carry guns to protect themselves, and or have a security detail, if you will—and they get to carry guns to protect whoever it is, this other person. But everybody else, you're on your own. Good luck. And so, uh, the argument was that it's just not fair, or that right. it's just particularly unfair to minorities. Right. Uh, and so, uh, the other side, of course, was arguing that if everybody in the city in subways and in other crowded places are all carrying guns, then it's going to lead to some scene like the OK Corral or something right. It'll be like the Wild West. Um, and really, you could think about it the other way, which is you'll be less inclined to commit a crime because you don't know who's carrying guns. True. It, it's like the, um, the movie Hell or High Water. You know, they, they rob the bank and then as soon as they run out, everyone starts shooting at them. And then the one robber says to his brother, this is why no one robs banks in Texas. You know, because you just don't know. So uh, the point is, it's a big deal that this has changed because, um, and there will be all sorts of ramifications, uh, particularly with other states and how they're concealed.
0: Well, and uh, John Roberts uh, noted, look, there's no need to invoke some sort of, to convince people that you're allowed to use a right in other situations. So if this is a right, not a privilege, then this is a problem.
1: That's right. Robert Roberts was asking, he said, like, well, what's the crime right like in a forest?
0: (laughs) All right. Let's see. Oh, I'm going to try not to blow my top here, Vic. Speaking of my hobby horses, the city of San Francisco, just days after the CDC advisory on children's vaccines said, A-OK, oh, there's the baby. Speaking of which, if you heard that,
1: (laughs) tune in to hear. Now we can say, now we can say on the, uh, when we tease this out, tune in to hear the baby.
0: Yep. Yeah, there she is <laughs> responding to
1: the whole thing. Just here. <laughs>
0: yeah. okay. So this is uh, just days after the CDC panel of advisors uh, okayed vaccines for five to 11 year olds. Uh, the FDA has said in the past that this is OK. That was last week. San Francisco just just running ahead of everyone to say that starting eight weeks from now. Everyone from five to 11 you better be will have to be vaccinated and show proof thereof to go to like get ice cream in San Francisco. That is a lot, y'all. What happens to, to the, put it lightly?
1: <laughs> what happens to the four year olds? Are they not allowed to get ice cream? I
0: think they're not allowed. Like, to go? They, like, oh, like, I don't like,
1: know. like, they can't. No, four, no one under five is allowed into Ghirardelli's. I mean, right? In Ghirardelli Square.
0: And the interesting thing is, if you listen to the FDA panel and the CDC panel, they are. They are saying this is safe, we've figured out the dosage. They explicitly are not gunning for mandates because this is an emergency use authorization for a child's vaccine, for which, by the way, children are not super susceptible to this. They're big illness. vectors,
1: right? They're big vectors in spreading it. Is the fear is the fear that uh, the hospitalizations are on the rise? Uh, is that the fear? Although, again, Terry McAuliffe, who uh, the gift that kept on giving yes. you know, repeatedly, at least three different occasions, would say that at that very moment in the state of Virginia, there was 1,172 yes. children in the hospital for COVID. And like the number was 25.
0: Yes. He, he exaggerated mm-hmm. it many, many times, which is a, a thing during this pandemic that I have a real issue with because I think it's a sin to scare parents about their children and to scare children uh, when you don't need to. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that it doesn't badly affect some people right. who are It's minors. Just terrible for the
1: twenty five its, it's it version is terrible.
0: The numbers do not reflect the level of caution that for okay. instance closed schools for a year uh, and had a, a lot of other bad effects on children. So in San Francisco, they're just facing the tank on this just mandates starting eight weeks from now and I I think when you ask what the what what people are trying to mm-hmm. achieve here, I think, that the idea is to use kids as a bulwark. Like you might be spreading, so we just need to get more people vaccinated. And therefore, even though you're not really that vulnerable. We're just doing it. And the the reflex to mandate everything has gotten really ingrained in everyone during the pandemic. It's like, and I, I have this discussion with people all the time, sometimes on Twitter, which is not a smart place to have it, but to say not everything you prefer needs to be mandated. And if it's not mandated, that doesn't mean it's banned. They right? Wouldn't like you can it. still just yeah, do it. That's right.
1: I mean, the interesting thing that I want to see is in a place like San Francisco, which obviously with their uh, liberal politics, how is that going to play out? And will it play out where everybody is fine with that and they're going to go along with it? But Maybe. Uh, but if there's any pushback, that's the interesting thing. That if, if there's pushback, even in a place like San Francisco, then we'll know.
0: Well, and there was pushback last year for school closures in San Francisco, and you saw activism that you hadn't seen in the past right. at City Hall. I imagine there will be some along the same lines here. There are segments of parents, large segments of parents, who are not automatically in on this, who are hesitant, shall we say, and it's because they know the data and they know how much this affects children, and they're not worried about the children. Now, that being said, if you're gung-ho about vaccinating your kids, go forth. I have yeah. no wish to stop you. But the mandating just to live normal life, and I imagine, by the way, in San Francisco it's so painful to live there for the cost of living and stuff with children anyway. I imagine there might be a <laughs> skedaddle out of that city continuing after last year. Yeah, a lot of it's people been left not great That's somebody right. in the in the comments of this news story noted that she was a she's a marin county realtor and it's really helping her out that the, that oh yeah that they're coming was, out there because they're moving just outside That's the right. city right. to get away from I mean, these things
1: and the, and the question again is even even if you're vaccinated uh let's say in san francisco will you still be required to wear masks i'm sure yeah despite the I mean, fact <laughs> i think nationally the number now for 18 and up is 70 percent now right yes uh and certainly uh I believe the number of seniors uh, is now ninety eight percent. at least one shot. Great news.
0: Someone, so please wear a mask. someone so. find me an off ramp. Yeah. I was like, I, I want I want push notifications for any news story with off ramp in it because we have to I
1: got news for you, that's not an off ramp. You thought it was, but they just wrapped it right back. You're back on the freeway.
0: <laughs> they keep saying yeah, it's just a turn. Yeah, you, just, you just keep turning. Yeah, yeah, you're back. Keep mm-hmm. turning. We're gonna finish with a with a with a potty story
1: oh yes oh no
0: space potty space potty <laughs> explain please a SpaceX toilet leak will force nasa astronauts to wear space diapers okay so <laughs> can i say
1: that it gives a whole new meaning to the word floaters
0: Sorry. oh bless <laughs> there's so many directions this could go splashdown this is in the Daily Star. <laughs> splashdown. already could, that's good. Splash splashdown could lead to splashback as four astronauts will be forced to wear mess-friendly undergarments on their return journey from the International Space Station. NASA has revealed an ongoing problem with the toilet onboard SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsules means that astronauts returning to Earth this month won't be able to use the bathroom until they land. It's like taking my kids on a road trip. Ha,
1: yes, ha. Hmm.
0: I ain't stopping.
1: I hate to stop. I hate to stop. <laughs> How long are these trips, though? Right, they're not that. You know, this is not for hours on end. This, the, the, I would that's think that's why I mean, we have the. I mean, aren't, it's they, it's aren't, like aren't they going, going very, very
0: fast? fast. Like Thousands might burn up fast, right? Yeah, yeah, they
1: go thousand yeah. miles an hour. So, uh, but they, just you to can be hold sure, it. We're
0: going three thousand miles an hour, right?
1: That's right. Uh, it, it remind the story reminded me of uh, in Tom Wolfe's uh, "The Right Stuff," and the, you know, the the Mercury astronauts. You know, they had to be able to hold it. You know, for, because even if the flights themselves were short, when you're on a launch, it takes forever for some of these things that and in a few cases during the training and stuff, you know, some of them just have to go, you know, in Ugh. the in the flight suit. So uh, very important. It's good. They're going to pack in the extra diaper. I'm going to my advice, my advice, stop drinking any fluids like three or four hours before the flight or like I do three or four hours before bed. I just stop. That's you what just I I just, just so you can be safe. Yeah, just so I can sleep through the night. Just
0: to be safe. That, that, that's where I am in my life. That's important. Well, I I I feel for these for these guys, but you know, if you have the proper undergarments, I think they'll be all right. right. They're professionals, that's right. okay? That's right. Are they professionals? Or are these civilian astronauts? No, these are astronaut I astronauts. I think it's half and half. <laughs> I well, can't keep track. I don't anymore. think
1: William Shatner needed.
0: No, you know? No, and he's in no. his nineties. Casey. This rats, is this is why yeah. I'm not going to space. This is another knock against space for me. Yes, and I do want to ask you one more thing. Please. Okay. So there's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm this holding is, my this is like a, this is going to be a our get to know you question. Oh yeah like, yeah yeah okay. Sorry. Um, but it's not deep, so don't don't okay. get too excited. Uh, so on CNN today or yesterday maybe, uh, they did a segment with a large family in Texas about inflation, mm-hmm. asking them, you know, how this was affecting them. They had nine children, a combination of fostered, adopted, and biological children, and the wife of the family says, "Look, the price of milk has gone from one ninety nine a gallon to two seventy nine I buy twelve gallons a week. do that times four weeks in a month because she has nine children, all oh, right, many of whom are teenagers oh. and all of Twitter is now debating how much milk you should be drinking per week.
1: Oh right, because this is the milk conversation that somebody's <laughs> like this I saw It' There's a
0: giant milk conversation now." I understand that they would consume that much milk. I really like milk, and my children like milk, and we can go through it very quickly. I would suggest to both Democrats and media anybody who's tempted to dunk on people who have nine children they're raising and are having trouble buying milk that maybe that's not the way to go with that discussion. But I just want to discuss do you drink milk as like a, <laughs> as like a, an just adult? a refreshing drink no
1: do you think it's uh, gross no 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 i don't think it's dro- glo- milk gross. milk is
0: polarizing
1: although it is and and i believe it's in the movie snatch that the uh stephen graham makes this argument about milk is we're not meant to we evolved not to drink milk i believe from animals but um i will have milk like if i'm half if i decide to have a cookie after dinner a little yes. cookies and milk, right so it's nice um, the idea of cookies and cho- uh, of chocolate and milk, and um, not chocolate milk, but having a piece of chocolate and milk, not as good as you imagine in your mind. In my mind, I'm like, oh, this is a great pairing. It's not a great pairing. But cookies and milk, are you can't have like if my wife is baked fresh chocolate chip, yes. whatever cookies, you can't pair that with water, no, or a Coke, no, it I, has to be milk.
0: I'm not huge on cookies unless I have milk, and then the two together is yes, very, yes. very nice. And
1: on the very rare occasion that I have cereal. You know, whenever yeah. then then that's milk. But I, I'm not otherwise. I'm not having it with a meal. Now let me say this: my uh, my my Dutch brother-in-law, mm-hmm. who is a giant, and you know the Dutch are giants, and he's like six four and big and in construction. Uh, and they' you know, and the, the Dutch are supposedly the tallest people right. in the world. He loves milk so much that if I'm over at their house, my sister's house, he will have like under the table the giant gallon of milk of whole milk, right. And it doesn't matter what the meal is. We were having tacos in the middle. And all of a sudden he and takes he out milk. the milk. Hey, how about some milk? Hey, would you like some? I said, no, I don't, I don't want to. Are you crazy? We had Chinese food. Oh, this is so delicious. Yeah, I did
0: take out the milk. Oh my gosh, insane. So when I, when I was a you? kid, when I was a kid, it was required to drink milk. Uh, Re- we usually, required? yeah, by my parents. Oh, you, had it, yeah. you had it with your breakfast and then you had it with dinner. And when oh, you had it with dinner, dinner. this a very Southern thing, you had it with dinner you had to drink your milk to earn sweet tea so you could have sweet tea you after. Have two beverages two yes beverages. so you could have sweet tea after the milk as long as you finished it uh so that was the pattern in our house i love milk i would drink it like crazy uh what
1: do you drink now what kind of milk
0: uh whole milk it's ah, good yeah for i don't mess around i no. do not mess around and particularly particularly when i'm very hungry uh during this period of my life when I'm breastfeeding because that's you're, you, I, I need to eat like 18 grilled cheese sandwiches a day and sometimes Ooh. I think yesterday I had like probably 12 Oreos with milk because I, you can because I can and my body requires it that's what I tell myself I I can really take some milk out <laughs> and uh it's good for me Good for me I'm holding
1: back on so many jokes right know, now so I'm just going to leave it at that uh, I'd like <laughs> to give a, 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 call, a call out I got two call outs for you today on the show one is uh, a listener on Twitter goes by Plummer Vall. Plummer Vall who said quote Victorina Mattis is like pervy Ed McMahon and to MK Hammer's Johnny Carson this is not real. I'm trying to break away from this. But you
0: know what? That's, that's kind of the vibe you know? we're going for. <laughs>
1: I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you want to see a great uh, Ed McMahon bit? Go to YouTube and type in Ed McMahon Drunk Tonight Show. It's amazing. Uh, and also, uh, a good friend, Subbeacon, Subbeacon fan, who for the moment has changed his Twitter's avatar, is that oh what you call gosh, it, the picture? Yes. To our show's logo, which is our show's logo for Such now. Such a
0: lovely tribute.
1: And his handle at the moment is Getting Hammered Fan.
0: Amazing. So thank you.
1: And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis.
0: I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Come and check out baby photos and such. Le bebe. And if you are as proud of Vic Mattis as I am for not making any weird milk jokes, (laughs) you should subscribe. (laughs) This has been a Nebulous Podcast. (laughs)